0: And welcome again to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard. Join us always by my co-host Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh got a light one for you this week, probably like a little pamphlet size, since there wasn't too much that came out. But uh, you know, we're gonna have something for you. Don't you worry. Uh, but before we get into that, just want to remind you folks, please follow us on Twitter. If not already doing so at talking tigs, uh, we're also on Facebook as the talking tigs podcast and we're on iTunes, Spotify, and TikTok as well. And, uh, I mean, I want to bring you guys in like I normally do, but just wanted to give a shout out to, uh, to you guys, I guess, especially Daniel, the, the social media guru of talking tigs for, uh, for all the great success we've had lately. So, uh, you know, introduce yourselves this week with that. And uh, please talk about your successes. I
1: I guess I'll jump into it. Yeah, we've um, been doing pretty well on the social media. TikTok is up to about 24,000 followers. And one of our videos is about to hit 1 million views, which is pretty amazing. We're about to, we have about 2 million views total across all of our videos. And uh, our post today, today's actually 40 days till the supposed start of, LSU football on September 5th. So we made a little Devin White highlight film and posted that. And uh, Mr. White himself liked it and uh, reposted it to his story on Instagram, which is pretty cool. So got a shout out from the LSU legend. So even if things may be going a little bit rough elsewhere, the people seem to enjoy some LSU sports positivity on the social media. So glad I get to bring a little, little happiness into these people's lives.
2: Yeah. And by De- by Mr. White, we're not talking about that villain from, from the bond movie. It's a deep cut for any of your Casino Royale fans. We're talking about the real Devin White getting live 40 himself. So that was pretty cool. Uh, good to be back with you this week again for episode 52 of the Talking Ticks podcast. And uh, yeah, you know, like you said, it's going to be a little bit light and going to be a little bit, a uh, little bit thin of a podcast. So I think it'll be thick enough for a birthday card for someone special to the LSU family. But other than that, not much going on, at least not much uh, worth talking about.
0: Right, Uh, and just, I guess, to get right down into it, uh, yeah, the the SEC had an announcement that really wasn't really worth talking about, but, I mean, it was something, so I I just feel like I have to mention it. Uh, They're going to meet, I believe, in about a week to discuss the football plan moving forward, but they're not really attaching any deadlines to it, so they're basically just meeting to talk how they're going to punt again, so... (laughs) <laughs> I don't, it doesn't really seem like an announcement, uh, an announcement of anything, you know, just, just more punting by, by Greg Sankey and company. Um, I don't know. I was thinking, you know, if they just put a deadline on it, maybe they could work towards that, but it uh, doesn't look like they want to do that. So I don't know. It's stuff like that that just makes me have a, you know, more of a, you know, uh, I guess a negative uh, outlook than I used to, that it's not going to happen. So. Right, yeah. We're- I, I'm catching up to you, (laughs)
1: Tommy. Recording on July 27th, and like I said, 40 days. 40 days is not a lot of time to battle a pandemic and set up a college football season, and it's a tall task for anybody. seems that each day we step closer to the season is each day maybe a step in the wrong direction, unfortunately, but hopefully somebody can pull out a Hail Mary and, and clutch it up in at least some capacity going forward here.
2: Well, I mean, there's just there's just no real leadership in, in any of the college level that we've seen so far. And I think that, you know, I blame a lot of the media because I was I, mean, I was watching SEC Network Feinbaum, uh, Paul Feinbaum's show today. And he brought on three separate guests from three different news sources. One, like a Big 12 source a, a, from the Oklahoman and then like an AP guy and then a Sports Illustrated guy. All three of them. Were within varying degrees, but all of all three of them were basically rooting against college football season, giving all the reasons why we shouldn't have it getting all the reasons why these people are you know playing, playing with lives and they don't care about anything other than the money. And they, you know, they're going to, they're going to try and play. And I think that, I think it's a very, I think it's very disingenuous. I think it's very, uh, uh, I think it, I think it takes away from what actually needs to be happening, which is we need, our eighties and our leaders within programs and conferences to, you know, be, be honest and upfront and be like, you know, look, we're going to, we're going to try and play as much as we can or as, you know, as hard as we can, because right now, how can you go on? If you, I think, I think the reason we're not seeing any definite anything and we don't know anything is because can you imagine, especially after like what I saw, I mean, and, and Feinbaum show is no, no different than any other ESPN show. If Greg Sankey came out today and said, you know, um, yeah, you know, they're, they're, uh, we're going to, we're going to play like the, the, here's the, here's the exact schedule. We pushed it back two weeks. We're going to do testing here. You know, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to come up with some plan. The moment he goes on fine or uh sports center or gets interviewed by, you know, whoever sports illustrated, whatever, he's going to get roasted by everybody. And they're all going to say, you know, they're going to take this as the opportunity to skewer to skewer him uh, just so they can score their own, you know, virtue signaling points of like, oh, look how much I care about about the, the, the pandemic and the victims and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, I, I think that it makes it very easy for these leaders to say, I don't we're not going to say anything until the very last minute, because one, no one wants to be that no one wants to be the, the bad guy and say and be the one that that closes down be the one that says, gives the bad news and says, look, we're not playing. But on the flip side also, no one wants to be the guy who, who stands up and says, yeah, we're going to play like, screw you. We're playing. We're going to figure it out. But college football will be played. Cause if they do that, if, if they, if they lead, I know coach O's, you know, he said some stuff kind of similar. He's like, look, we got to play the state, you know, the state needs it. The country needs it. He told the vice president that. Um, but I think if a, if an athletic director, or a commissioner came up and said that uh, said, look, we're going to play at all costs. He would be absolutely destroyed, probably run out of his job. So I don't, I don't blame them. Um, I think that it's, I understand why. I think it's just a a terrible environment that we're in right now that uh, some of the biggest voices within, within college football, do not want college football to happen.
1: Yeah. Nobody wants to be the fall guy to win. If the season gets played and you end up having Uh, I'm just gonna throw a number out there 10,000 tests and three people test positive then it's like is that commissioner at fault for those three people testing positive and then them spreading the disease to a lot of folks those three like positive tests are unacceptable uh, under any conditions and as we'll go into here in just a second the MLB season is like two or three days old and with even with all their diligent planning they've already had a Spurt of positive tests, and I don't know if I would call
2: what the MLB did is diligent planning.
1: Uh, they, uh, yeah, they had a lot of trouble, (laughs) they have some cardboard (laughs) cutouts, so that's a good plan. Um,
2: maybe maybe the cardboard cutouts should start playing ball, like we'll just do that because I mean, I, yeah, anyway, go ahead, Daniel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so it's almost impossible to contain exclusively. We'll have to see a little bit. Maybe they're waiting on the, the bubble experiment for the NBA to see what happens there because from what I understand they haven't had like any positive tests, at least they're they're nope. saying at this point. Nope. And uh, so if that's going well, then maybe it can be done, but especially with the MLB people flying all around, which is kind of what, what happened in college football, like something's going to get out and is one test positive, acceptable. I don't know. Is one death. I don't know. Like we don't want anybody to get sick. Nobody to die. Obviously that's a terrible thing, but it's just like at some point you just have to make a decision.
2: Well, it, it well, the, the, the you know, the NFL actually I think just said today that they will not be doing a bubble. Um so, you know, even though the the, the bubble is working well for, for the NBA, it just it's just a different sport. It's a different, you know, you, you can't I don't think that would work, especially wouldn't work for college football. You can't take these student athletes away from the school and say, Go live here for four
1: months <laughs> and figure Plus it out players players and staff on a college football team as well, like 200 plus,
0: like for the oh, NBA, yeah. you have
1: like 30 ish.
0: Yeah. Not yeah. Yet. But it's like, they, they do that for about a half a month for you know, a bowl game, maybe longer, you know, if they're in the playoffs like LSU did, which they won by the way. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really hard to coordinate that many people in one city. That's like, that's, I think that's why the NBA is doing so well. It's like these players aren't allowed to leave the bubble. Baseball yeah. doesn't have that, so they have a rash of breakouts. I think the Marlins, like you mentioned, I think they're up to like fourteen. You know, yeah. even even with the NFL, like they haven't even started fully, and yet the Vikings already have four guys that have to be quarantined. Not necessarily that they have COVID, but maybe they were just exposed to some trainer that uh, that might have that did have it. So uh, you know, uh, which including is. Uh, one of our former, uh, greats, uh, Jay Jettas, Justin Jefferson. So, uh, you know, good, 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 well wishes out to him. hoping he's in the clear, uh, <laughs> it's back to normal, but, um, you yeah, know, it's just, it's crazy. You, you think, uh, yeah, it should be fine. We've got this, 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 and this in place. And then bam, uh, you got to shut down immediately right after you start. Uh, it's gotta be scary, but again, maybe the, the NBA is the way to do it. But like you said, I just don't think they can do that with college football.
1: One situation which is kind of morbid and maybe post-apocalyptic that I haven't really seen discussed is somewhat of maybe people are waiting for it to literally explode where almost everyone gets it. And then at that point, once everyone has it, then if it dies down supposedly, the herd immunity thing can take over. And at that point, can we proceed as normal if our society has herd immunity to COVID-19? And I mean, with exponential growth, if things got back on track like they were, I guess, early in March. And then towards early July, at some point, maybe everybody could get it. And I think that might happen eventually. It's just a matter of sooner or later. So do they almost want to rush everybody having it? I mean, I don't want people to get sick, but, and then everybody has it then. All right. Things can kind of move on, but then you you see cases of people getting it twice and whatnot. I'm no medical expert. So defer to the the research on that one, but I haven't really seen anybody talk about that type of situation.
0: Are you talking about a nationwide COVID party?
1: Not necessarily a COVID party, <laughs> but
0: uh, <laughs> that's, how, that's a good way to do it. Uh, you're saying let everyone get it and then everyone will have it and we can move well, but, forward. But like college football athletes are
1: like young, healthy, pretty sure. good people. Like th- these aren't sure. people who are going to keel over immediately if they, they get it. So um, obviously they don't want to spread to their parents or their family or anything, but if they get it and they stay in quarantine, like maybe they're ready to rock. I don't know. I, I think that, I think that they just need to, uh, I mean, if, if
2: we're going to, if we're going to cancel everything now, then we're basically, they should just, I don't think we should ever reopen anything because the rationale still applies. Like just because, just because we get a, you know, a lot of people say that the virus, I mean, that, that the, uh, vaccine might not even do anything or, you know, with the whole thing of being able to get it twice. Okay. If you can get it twice and what's the point of having a vaccine, um, yeah, you know, the herd immunity thing, a lot of people argue that, oh, you can't get herd immunity. There was the whole thing where, oh, well, viruses don't do well in the heat. So when it gets hot, we're not, we know it's going to be fine. It's going to die down. Well, that hasn't happened. So I think that, I think that, I think everyone needs, I think, again, I've said this over and over, probably people are probably tired of hearing it, but like, I just want people to be honest and honest with themselves and consistent. And the consistent thing would be, We should, we as a society should never do gatherings again. We should never get together as, as hundreds of a hundred thousand people in tiger stadium is a bad idea for any type of sickness, whether it's the flu or it's COVID or it's smallpox or it's the plague, like putting a hundred thousand people next to each other, screaming and, you know, spitting on each other, basically. Um, not, it's not good for quote public health. So if that's the case, then I, I would, I want somebody to come out and say, yeah, we need to cancel it for good. We should just not have concerts anymore. We shouldn't have sporting events, but no one's going to say that. So until, uh, until that, you know, I don't think, I think they're, I think they're making it up as they go. Just like they ha- just like they've always been. I think they're going to come up with more artificial parameters. Like the LHSA came out with phase four, the Louisiana high school league said that they'll play football when phase four happens. Except for that phase four doesn't exist. The CDC has only given three phases, so they kind of made up their own phase. It doesn't make any sense. So, like, I think I think they're just going to make it up until uh, until either everybody latches onto something new, until we get a new coronavirus that they can, people will worry about, or um, or until I guess it, it, I guess until everybody gets it and everybody and people stop caring. Because I I don't I don't know. I mean, I think you're right, Daniel. Like, I think that if everybody got it, like if, if we just, if we just kind of leaned in and everyone had it and, you know, whatever, let's
1: any volunteers leaned in. <laughs> yeah. You got to hey, lean into that,
2: that tackle. tackle.
1: Uh, Tommy, Tommy's lead block in the, coronavirus for the rest yeah. of us. I would,
2: I would, gla- I, I'll, I will gladly sacrifice myself. Like that's, that's, I'll, I've set it on record. If we don't have college football, I don't know if I'll make it through the fall. Um, I don't know if I want to live. And so I'll gladly take on the
0: coronavirus. Very brave. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're just going to, at this point, we're just going to talk in circles until we hear an announcement. So I I don't know. I feel like I'm just going to repeat myself, just trying to pontificate more. So well, The other know. important thing to realize, or the important thing to keep in mind is that, you know, you said the SEC is meeting. What day was it, Scott? Uh, I don't remember the exact day, but I think like, in a week. So next, next week, like Monday, Tuesday. Okay.
2: The, the NCAA is also is meeting on Tuesday. Okay. I think. So um, that was something that they were talking about a lot on, on the the various sports medias today. Um, You know, that's, that's a a thing to watch because as we've kind of said before, like if the, if the NCAA went out and made a broad statement, you know, then that could kind of kill everything. So we'll see what they say. It's a big game of chicken who wants to be, and nobody wants, you know, it's like, it's like the, uh, it's like musical chairs. Whoever's left over with the last chair or whoever's left standing last
0: has to be the person to say, just to, to kill it all. Right. But like we said uh, last week with the, you know, March Madness, they didn't waste any time uh, in, in that dance. So like, what, what are they waiting for still? What, what else do they need to know if it's so, unpredictable than just, you know, like you said, pull the plug. Uh, let us deal with that now and, you know, find something else to watch this fall instead of just holding out hope for, you know, just another letdown. Well, I'm sorry, Scott, but there isn't anything else to
2: watch. I've already watched all the games on YouTube.
1: <sighs> you can turn into Ellen's Game of Games.
0: <laughs> I do like that. I want to I want to be on that show. What What is that?
1: It's just this, like, game show that Ellen DeGeneres hosts where it's basically – I don't even know how to describe it. It was like she a variety like show. Games. No, it's kind of
0: it's, it's like, uh, what was that show where it was, it was like there was a, <laughs> it's like you would sit there and like stuff would come at you, the wall. Kind of like the wall, except a lot of different challenges. Uh, people competing against each other, but there's also, you know, trivia questions involved. And oh. bo- both of those combined, you will move forward. And there, there, I think there's like five games And then whoever wins those five games goes to the last stage where it's trivia based. And if you get it wrong or take someone else's question, like you can win the game, but no matter what, someone's getting dunked, dropped, whatever.
1: (laughs) I mean, we are basically playing the new season of survivor in real life right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, I don't think that's what, I don't think that's that's how survivor works.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure if you win a million dollars, if you're the last one left. (laughs)
2: Well, you no. by default you'd win everything, right? <laughs> like if you're the last person alive,
0: Bezos can eat it, <laughs> right? Uh, so yeah, just uh, one one more thing I wanted to mention with the you know the whole will they or won't they thing. Um, I guess you know if if certain conferences, concerning the like I guess the SEC, the Big Ten. Uh, the ones who haven't really definitively said they won't play this fall, if they just do like a conference thing, then all these other non-conferences, AKA cupcakes that they schedule, you know, those guys are really going to feel it. I feel like Mm -hmm. maybe the, you know, the tiger athletic foundation could maybe sustain maybe one season of nothing, but you know, the guys like, uh, ULM, you know, Northwestern state Tulane, uh, those guys are really going to feel it uh, because it's like most of their athletic budgets, like one game could be like a fifth of their budget. So uh, I don't know; they're really going to feel. It. And the the schools, specifically in Louisiana, the the non-conferences, as we'll call them, uh, they stand to lose. What I saw was almost sixteen million collectively. Yeah. Uh, if they don't if they don't play their their outside the the conference games, which you know it's it's going to be bad. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like that's, that's going to happen. It's, you know, if if it came down to it, LSU, I'm sure they'd love to help them out, but it's like, look, uh, our conference isn't doing that. Sorry. We'll, we'll figure something out. And I don't know, I I think contractually, you know, COVID could probably cover a lot of, a lot of people for a lot of things. Uh, Maybe, maybe you can speak to that, Tommy, but I I don't know. It's, it's, I'm sure there's something in the contract If something just unforeseen, you know, creation of God type of thing happens to where, uh you know lsu isn't on the hook for paying paying all these small schools their their appearance fee for games that even if they did happen there'd be no crowds you know but i don't Mm -hmm. think the game is going to happen so uh you know what's what say you um i think that i think that from the
2: small schools perspective yeah it's i mean this is a nightmare and that you know from a from a school that's not in the sec not in the big 10 big 12 uh this is, I think, we'll see a lot of athletic programs die if they don't play this season. We all know that uh, that football, or you know, Division One football, is the lifeblood of most athletic programs. You know, like college, they, they, the the breakdown of of profitable college sports is football. Then some schools, it's basketball, and then. Baseball is like the third, but it's really not even that. Like there, there's only a few schools that actually turn profit in baseball. LSU is one of them, as uh, Scott Woodward said when he was announced as the AD at LSU. You know, LSU is one of the only schools that treats uh, college baseball like it's a major league team. Um, so for a school like ULM or a school like Northwestern or uh, you know any nickels or. Uh, Southeastern, all these schools that, that do play, you know, Southeastern played LSU. I want to say two, did they, they played two years ago? Uh, you know, Nichols played LSU in baseball this year. Uh, ULM played LSU three or four years ago that, you know, these are Daniel, who's the, who's the ULM got this year? They've got a big game. Is it Bama?
1: No. ULM plays two money games. I think they play Arkansas and Georgia, maybe it's Georgia. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. That's right. so I mean, like that—that's you know—that is your athletic budget right there. A lot, yeah. you know, and then Southern not, and Grambling coming up. Yeah, LSU. You know, so that that will that get, that one game will you know fund you. Um, there are a lot of schools that I mean, there's a. I remember when the whole COVID, when the shutdowns happened, there was a statistic that said that most businesses don't have more than thirty days worth of cash on hand to be able to sustain themselves. So if most businesses don't have that then you have to imagine that most athletic programs don't have that, especially ones that rely on, like I said, you know, one game. Uh, so from a, from ULM and all of this perspective, it's, it's I can guarantee they're terrified. Um, as far as like the, as far as the, the deal with LSU, I don't, I feel like if the, yeah, I don't think LSU would be contractually like obligated to pay them a million dollars for a game that never happens. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think he, you yeah, probably have I was actually, to look at the contract, but
1: Yeah, I was actually reading this article in the Advocate this past weekend where they were talking about this exact thing and they were saying that it's pretty much on a like case by case basis. Like they have these contracts for every single game. And some of them specifically use language that say in the event of something out of the control, and some even like specifically say like pandemic or epidemic, and then mm-hmm. both teams get released and the team that was obligated to pay the other no longer has to do that. And some other contracts included verbiage like if some official this could be governmental or something like Greg Sankey like said that you cannot play then that releases you from the contract as well so obviously both of those seem fairly likely so maybe teams that are supposed to pay out are, are hoping that they have that stuff in their contracts and and vice versa like we were saying
2: yeah I, I would imagine that most of them you know have have language like that and then also I think that you know they're they're you could Ensure a lot of people will will insure against this concerts will, insure, you know, music festivals, uh, insure against mm-hmm. pandemic and you know natural disaster that kind of stuff. So this falls in line with all of that. I, I saw an article. I think it was uh, it was I guess you know it was like in May or so talking about Wimbledon. Wimbledon uh, had insurance against. Pan, or, well insurance against not having Wimbledon and oh, yeah, they and cash listed in. they ca- i mean they made billions of dollars you know now i mean you don't really make money or at least you're not supposed to like theoretically on insurance like a lot of people make money off off of cashing in an insurance policy you know if you've seen if you've ever seen lawyers on TV you know advertising for you um if you've ever seen the st- the uh the fourth string lSU quarterback's dad on TV then you'll know that people make money off of cl- insurance claims but uh you know theoretically you're not supposed to so uh, you know theoretically that that money that Wimbledon made uh is supposed to cover what they would have made if if they played this year so i would think that most well actually i don't know i would i would imagine that most major programs do have some sort of insurance like that they might not um but no i don't i yeah i would doubt that they would uh that LSU, like i don't think LSU is going to be paying out to Uh, UTSA and Rice if they... uh, Is it Rice this year? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to be paying out to them if they don't play.
1: And you know I saw a weird thing? Was it so LSU is paying Rice this year like a million or something to play the game? But it's at NRG Stadium, right? Mm -hmm. But then LSU goes to NRG Stadium in Houston again, I think in two or three years, to play Rice again. And for that game, Rice has to pay LSU like three and a half million dollars like to go... go play. So it's like a home and home, but since both games are at rice, like LSU, like comes out ahead, like in terms of money, which is kind of strange. I guess rice is paying for the, I guess the privilege of having a huge fan base, like LSU come to their city and spend money. So they're kind of betting on that. I would imagine, but I thought that was kind of weird. I'd never really seen that type of thing before where a smaller school is paying like the big school to come, come to town.
2: Yeah. And like usually on neutral site games, it's not like a, it's you wouldn't normally you don't have like a neutral and neutral. I know that, that that, that, game is being played in Houston, but it's not at Rice's stadium. Mm-hmm. So like when, you know, when you play, when, when, what was it, I Oregon and Auburn played last year in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game or whatever, they're not like playing there this year or last year. And then this year they're not going to play. i like, you know, at the Rose bowl in a kickoff game. So it's kind of, that is kind of interesting that like,
1: yeah, I just are yeah, it right. It's like
2: a home and own, but it's not at anybody's home.
1: Yeah, I just looked it up. So LSU is paying Rice $1.8 million. Uh, Oh, no, I had it backwards. So LSU is getting p- paid $3.5 million this year for the game, and LSU pays Rice $1.8 million in 2024. So, yeah, I was right in the fact that LSU um, is, comes out ahead, but we were supposed to get the money this year. So if that game doesn't happen, then we, we might be out of it. What, um, I guess it's just TV rights.
0: Yeah, there's think. no there's no butts and seats. There's no concessions. There's no merchandise sales. Uh, there's no you know um, residual rights down the road either. So yeah, well like uh, well no, I mean yeah, there would be uh, TV wise, but yeah, there would just be no you know in person sales. No, I mean I mean I, I guess it's
2: just TV rights that are that are you know making for that four million dollars worth of or six you know total total basically six million dollars worth of value shared between the two schools Yeah, you know i guess right this is like one of the only times rice is going to get on tv probably to play football ever
0: <laughs> probably ever <laughs> uh their baseball might make the college world series though uh if they have it yeah right uh, right rice has a good baseball program yeah uh so yeah i don't know um I don't know, Daniel, Do you have any last thoughts on this? I don't, I don't really. I don't know. I just. I don't really know what else to say. I feel like it's, you know, it's it's still wait and see. There's, yeah, there's nothing I think new that's for kind of the,
1: the breakdown for this week. Did y'all want to talk about former LSU Tiger Jamal Adams getting getting shuffled around?
0: Yeah, you, yeah.
1: It's been a long hear?
2: time coming. I think for a lot of people, for for a lot of Jamal Adams uh, fans, I guess watchers, <laughs> onlookers.
1: Yeah. Well. Uh, I guess I'll just say it's So Jamal Adams, former LSU safety, got traded from the New York Jets to the Seattle Seahawks in a kind of big blockbuster trade. I think he went with a fourth-round pick from the Jets, yeah. and the Jets got a safety um, Bradley McDougald from the Seahawks and two first-round picks and I think a third-round pick maybe. So a lot of people were saying that the uh, the Jets kind of fleeced them a little bit because they got like a decent level safety for a safety plus two first-round picks. Uh, I don't know if I really have – opinion one way or the other Uh, Jamal Adams probably Tommy and I were talking about this like top three most likely safety in the league at least
0: yeah Um,
1: and then so the Seahawks always seem to kind of get away with this they like deal all their picks and then they just build and then have a really good team the one thing is that the Seahawks are probably dealing like a late first round picks and the the Jets they they like (laughs) to pick early
0: Uh, so
1: (laughs) might not be worth as much but uh, I guess the Jets are saying we're going to keep on rebuilding
0: yeah,
2: I mean I think the the one thing is, you know, for for me, a guy who, who loves Jamal Adams, like I guess I'm I'm glad he got out of the out of New York cuz like you know, he's been unhappy there for years now. And there was a lot of talk of him getting traded to the Cowboys right before the playoffs last year. Didn't happen obviously, but I'm glad he can go to a team, you know, where he can compete and probably have a chance to to have some, some success. Um it is interesting that uh it seems like the 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 see, You're right, Daniel. It seems like the Seahawks can kind of get away with like, pe- with decisions that people will be like, "Oh, that's terrible!" Like, why would you do that? And then, they, but they still get away with it and have success, like with the whole Matt Flynn thing, where they paid Matt Flynn a gajillion dollars, and then yeah, I don't even know if he <laughs> ever <laughs> even started a game.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> Russell Wilson took over.
2: Yeah. So, but they get paid off. You know, they won they went to two Super
0: Bowls and won one of them. Can't ask for much more than that. No, and um, I, you'd say the Jets kind of fleeced them, but that's like what you were just saying. I, I think Seattle is just in, you know, able to win now mode. So that's why they mm-hmm. can get away with it. It's like they had the Legion of Boom that's kind of dissipated, you know. Uh, but, you know, maybe Jamal Adams could be kind of like, a, you know, a next Cam Chancellor. I don't know, somebody, somebody like Cam Chancellor or Earl Thomas in the backfield. But uh, Seattle is a lot more primed to win as we've seen in recent years, than are the Jets. So, uh, you know, Jets can take all the first-round picks they want. And they can get a guy like Jamal Adams next year. But, you know, <laughs> same same as the LSU said, They still have an issue with quarterback and everywhere else. So uh, it doesn't matter how many first-round picks they got. Seattle, I think, has fared better on this end.
1: Yeah, plus they have to play – Seattle has to play in the NFC West, which is kind of turning into, like, one of the – if not the strongest division in the league with the 49ers, obviously, who made the Super Bowl – and then the Rams, who were in the Super Bowl two years ago, and the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, kind of picking them up. So definitely need to be competitive there. Uh, yeah. not not big NFL guy, but uh, a little bit of analysis.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, and I don't I don't know if the NFL is going to uh, be able to do anything uh, because they're they're getting hit just as hard in baseball. I mean, there's a, there's a lot less guys I think um, that could be affected, but uh, I don't know. It, I remember saying weeks ago – no, actually, I said it a couple weeks ago to Utah. It was, it was off the air about how I think the, the whole bubble experiment was going to blow up. But that seems to be the best method so far. Uh, yeah. Nobody's really tested positive. They're playing the games. There's no one in the stands, so there's a lot less energy. But the guys are healthy, and they're playing. I haven't, I haven't really watched much more than a few minutes. So I don't, I mean, I don't really follow basketball anyway, but, I mean, it's there. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's a model going forward, but you know, how do you get all these guys in the NFL to let's say to confine themselves to Disney or Orlando and <laughs> just play games in one stadium? I just, I don't know how.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it makes sense. I think in the, in the NFL, you know, as I already said, they're not going to do it or, I mean, I guess I can change your mind, but um, I, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Might as well just uh, find a new hobby, everybody. You know, cause there's, cause there's nothing,
1: nothing looking good
2: in, uh, in the year of our Lord, 2020 and, uh, end of July.
1: 2021 no. right around the corner. When Trump said we were getting back to work by Easter, you were talking about Easter 2021.
2: Well, the thing is, you know, they, they talk about this, like this, uh, this, this, what is, what is the, the vaccine going to do? People still get the flu when you have the vaccine, like but you that's
0: because it changes year to year. So you won't get COVID this year, next year, if you get the vaccine. I think that's pretty much all it's saying. But you won't get this year as COVID.
1: for COVID-20.
0: But what about when they have COVID-20
2: because the flu changes and so – Well, I guess we'll wait and see. You know, like I, I just don't I don't believe that everybody always everybody says like I, and even like on Fine show, like they were talking about it and they were like, Well the light at the end of the tunnel is in three to six months. We'll have a vaccine and we can go back and I'm like, No. If you if you believe that we can't do anything now, vaccine's not gonna change anything. So I mean, it it's just it's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I think we're in, uh, in line for a lot of more a lot more you know, it's just Footage, footage, sports—you know, stuff we've already seen. Or, you know, we're, we're all going to have to get to like <sighs> horseshoe on on TV or something. Yeah, European, just to watch all European, whatever the yeah. European leagues, Korean baseball.
1: Just to let y'all know, I was kind of came and Tommy abreast of this, but the uh, the first human case of the bubonic plague in the U.S. was diagnosed today in uh, New Mexico. So we got the plague coming at us as well. Uh, did,
0: did, they, did they? Did you say? Did they get it from that squirrel in Colorado?
1: I don't know. I saw that article as well. That's, <laughs> that's what I had sent. But um, we're we're throwing it back to the medieval times. We're trying to get uh, launched into the dark how ages. What is
0: happening? And surfed them. We need to start a bingo card with every crazy imaginable thing because 2020 is the year. Ooh. Seriously, we, that's that's something else we should start. I don't know if you guys have already started on the uh, uh, the Greek life face mask yet. We talked about that. I, I forgot to follow up with you, but that was like a side venture for us. Um, do we? Do we? Oh, are you talking about that? like
2: you mean? You talking about like having like?
0: <laughs> <That was> Tommy's <laughs> KD, KD KD idea. Is, yeah. do we did we, we green like
2: those? um are they printing i'm i'm no joke like i really i I think i should i think we should get those done i think we'd have to figure out we'd have to figure greg sankey needs to come out and and go one way or the other because if i'm going to invest in masks then i want to make ensure that they're they have a they're used um but yeah i think i think that is a golden idea um
1: Tommy becomes the world's number one mask supporter just so he can sell merchandise <laughs>
0: <laughs> might just happen hey biggest know, like, heel turn <laughs> uh, but then he, then he might get asked to uh to convert his his process into you know for the government's use to save america mm. I, i'm sure he'd gladly do it though i mean
2: i i i guess i'd i guess i'd do it i just i just if i had to save america if i had to take over for <laughs> dr fauci like i might just have to do that i don't know
1: okay, can we talk about his first pitch real quick
2: yeah, it was uh, it was everything I would have expected from him. That's all I'll say.
1: Yeah, okay, Doctor Fauci launched one about twenty feet left of the plate.
0: <laughs> I would say, yeah, maybe there was too much hand sanitizer on his on his fingers, but that was horrible. You know, Absolutely you know, it was horrible. And you
2: know, directly he went into the he went and sat in the stands, watched the game. Again, rules for thee, not for me. I'm not allowed to sit in the stands. You're not allowed to sit in the stands. the listeners at home, hey, you're not allowed to sit in the stands, but he is, with two buddies next to each other. They sat – they didn't sit seats apart. They sat right next to each other, and he had his mask down. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me about his protocol there. (laughs) One was his
0: wife. It wasn't two dudes. One was his wife. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, they caught him with the mask down.
2: I I think he should be a shining light an example to the rest of us on how to do it properly. Why is he I I don't if I I mean he's the guy who said that sports were not you know, he didn't think sports should even happen, that it was not smart. So why is he endorsing endorsing doing sports and endorsing it by throwing by well, I'm not even gonna use the word throwing because it wasn't really a throw, by uh uh, you know, doing whatever he did with the first pitch. Uh why is he endorsing sports when he said that it wouldn't that it wouldn't even happen?
0: Because he's a big nationals fan uh big, Nat, big Nats fan yep
1: that's all Joel i can see, tell you y'all <laughs> see that uh tops baseball cards ran a special fauci first print first pitch baseball card that was like setting records for like most printed and most sold in one day really yeah they ran a 24-hour like exclusive card of him throwing out the the thing and sold did 51, it go in uh, i think they sold it like for one day like online or something it was just this, this past week um uh,
2: apparently
1: huh. it beat the vladimir guerrero's first hit card i didn't know that was the number one selling card shout out to vlad what about how vlad's son plays for the blue jays it's kind of cool oh vlad that was vlad jr yes card so um oh vlad previously had the record Ah, huh that's even more surprising honestly that i i would i would almost kind of i would kind of
2: believe that like vladimir guerrero you know senior had like one of the most sold cards but like I mean, his son's good. His son, it's kind of cool that he's his son, but, like, I wouldn't I – it surprised me that that's the most, like, ever-bought card or most ever
0: whatever. I mean, does that just mean the, like, the most purchased card currently or just not ever, right?
1: Uh, apparently – hold on. Let me – some bad I would radio. think, you know, um, uh,
0: like the Honus Wagner or Babe Ruth, what it, well, that's probably just most valuable. But, like, you know, Ken Griffey Jr.'s card or something.
1: This article says, set an all time print record run for the franchise of tops, selling 51,512 cards themselves. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, and it also says the card itself sold for $10. So maybe you could just cough up 10 bucks and you get one card. So I guess just yeah. that many people ordered a singular yeah. one.
0: I don't know. How you uh, could do that. I thought it was just like they controlled the printing and they just dispersed it among the packs. You can well, order a card by itself. I guess I they do it a for special these special thing. ones. So maybe, maybe they did a special run
2: of Vlad Junior's first hit in the same way. So uh-huh. everybody just bought it, right? But Trying any any the, the shrewd card, card, card collector, well, any shrewd card collector would know that like that renders that renders that Fauci card worthless, just like his throw. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like you yes. wanted to make like you yeah. wanted to make of like you wanted to make nineteen. You want them to make one of 19, one of COVID-19 and have them numbered. And then, uh, and what if they, oh my Lord, this would be hilarious. What if I, uh, what if they made not imagine this? I would actually, I, I would, I would be okay with this.
1: I think I know what you're about to say. but go ahead.
2: They do a, they do a, they do a, a run. It's a historic run of Dr. Fauci's card. He, when he commemorating his, his historic first pitch and they do a, it's an, it's numbered one through 19 and then they do it's it's a memorabilia card too. They do a jerk. They, they cut his mask.
0: <laughs> I knew you were gonna say his that mask
2: as the as the jersey piece. <laughs> Man, I, want I, a piece of history. I would I would <laughs> I wouldn't buy one of those cards, but I would uh I would I would chuckle at that card if they did that. That's the self awareness that we need right now. But instead we'll just sell fifty one thousand of them. Mm what a shame
1: that's that's,
2: $500,000, right? That's, isn't that, that's $500,000 for
1: 10 bucks a pop for a piece of paper for an easy,
2: yeah. An easy little print, like,
1: huh? good for you tops.
0: Yeah. Scott, were you ever into, were you ever into baseball cards? Oh, I was, I was, uh, baseball and football. I didn't really Mm. do, I didn't do basketball or anything else, but yeah, baseball and football. I, I was in the game there for a little while, I even uh started going to trade shows in and around mm-hmm. the Atlanta area. Did you ever um, go to Power Sports Cards in Atlanta? Power?
2: Mm-hmm. It
0: was on um it's oh. by... If it was a specific like a mom and pop shop. I, I don't believe so now.
2: Okay, yeah. That that was a good one. It's closed now, but it yeah, it was a mom and pop shop. Got like guy had it for years. Um I mean, I'm trying to think where where was it was. I know I know exactly like I know the shopping center it was at. Um but I don't know it's in Buckhead. Some good radio. <laughs> yeah. was, okay, West West Paces Ferry. In that gotcha. shopping center next to Publix gotcha. in Buckhead. Yeah. Um yeah, that was that was good. Me and Daniel used to go to the sports card shop a lot
1: here at Munro. I had a baseball card themed birthday party when I turned, you did, like, yeah. turned like 10 or 11, maybe it was uh, fun. Might've might been after that. Yeah. We, we like me and some friends went to the local baseball card shop and we did like pack openings and little like, it was trivia, after hours. So games. it was like just us. We could like yeah. look at whatever we wanted. We were checking out all of like the exclusive memorabilia and stuff like that. So that was kind of fun. It was real fun.
0: <laughs> so I got a, a quick story from, I think the last time I went to one of those conventions, basically it was, it was a smaller one too. This is, back in the early nineties. Uh, and I was going to I, like, have you guys heard of Duke Snyder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty, pretty famous baseball player. And I was going there and I got a ticket to get his autographed and I don't know. I was running out the door. I was late. I couldn't find what I wanted him to sign. So I just grabbed this baseball that looked clear or, you know, just, it was clean. It was nice and white. Uh, it was just one of those promotional ones. I think I got at a Braves game though. And it had, it had Tony the tiger on the side. (laughs) And so I go to this auto autograph show and I'm in line and I get up there and he's, you know, signing everything for everybody and being all friendly. And then I give him my ball. He looks at it. Then he rotates it, sees the Tony, the tiger, and then looks back up at me. Like, do you really want me to sign this? <laughs> it just he had so much shame in his eyes for me and I looked at him like, ah, "That's all I got. Sorry. <laughs> just just sign it, please." And he did, begrudgingly. And uh I I still have that ball, yeah, but just <laughs> I I realized I was in a, a world un, unbeknownst to me of like how serious these people take these autographs and Oh yeah. Yeah, just most of the people in line anyway are just trying to resell it. So uh yeah, that's kind uh, of the sad thing. Awesome. A lot of
2: these, a lot of these athletes these days won't won't sign things because they uh, they don't basically don't want their things just instantly resold.
0: Right, Johnny Manziel will. <laughs> well, <laughs> he'll he'll sign it. <laughs> it's himself, on video. <laughs> You're right. Oh uh, shoot. Um. Well one uh, one more thing I wanted to add. Uh, I don't know if you guys had anything left to to say, but. Uh, it is the birthday of one Edward Orgeron, so we wanted to take a moment to wish Coach Joe a happy birthday from us here at Talking Tigs to him. Hope he's enjoying it. Um, don't know what he's probably up to, but uh, I hope he's uh, laissez en bon temps roulaying it. I mean, I've got
2: a very special birthday present for him. Um, Coach O, if you're listening, you have an open invitation to come on the podcast once, whenever you'd like. Uh, it's a happy birthday present directly from us to you. I know that it's something you really wanted. So, you know, whenever you want to cash that ticket, just let me know.
1: Yes. Happy birthday. Oh, the big 59. Uh, the one he's, uh, he's been waiting for. And uh, yeah, like Tommy said, you get to come on one time. And then if uh, one if you give time a good,
2: only once
1: <laughs> if you give a good interview, we'll consider bringing you back.
0: <laughs> right. That's pretty much all I had. Do you guys uh, have anything else you wanted to put out there that you saw this week? I think that's about it for me yeah
1: okay. that's the that's the breeze this weekend we'll see what's coming on next week hopefully that's a little right. bit more because it's been a, a dry one
0: yeah it's all right they call us the breeze this week uh light quick and simple uh but that'll do it for us here on talking tigs tune in next week who knows what we'll have for you we'll find out as we go but we'll We'll have something for you because we're dedicated. So uh, until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.